Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Big Heads Media podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. And of course, I'm talking about Dr. Chris Cullen. Chris, how in the hell are you, my friend? Um, I'm okay, all things considering. Um, obviously, I'm kind of nervous that uh, I'm going to get a phone call here from a hospital to kind of soap up and help now that I'm a doctor, but uh, it's going to be odd to have to d- describe and explain that I'm not that kind of a doctor. I'm just a doctor of being a football fan. Well, as a doctor, uh, maybe we can use your services to help transplant all of the New England Patriots players out of Massachusetts and down to South Beach because the Miami Dolphins have taken any and all talent. It is an air raid. It is a ground raid. It is a raid and a half for the Miami Dolphins here in free agency, taking talent from all over the league. But primarily, Brian Flores has taken it from his old mentor, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots system. That's what this whole episode is about here, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of Perfectville. Uh, We're going to talk about free agency because the NFL, as they always do, uh, said, screw coronavirus, screw shutting down. We're opening up free agency. We're having the draft on time. We are the NFL. We're not pussies. We'll just suck it up and just, you know, open up that corona and drink that virus. So uh, free agency (laughs) started on time here, Chris, and we're here to talk about it. Yeah, free agency actually was... um I was actually home Monday and Tuesday, which was perfect timing because that's right when the uh, tampering period started. And, man, just news after news after news came in, and I got to sit there and enjoy it and text my buddies and just like kind of uh, watch all the news rumble in. And it was, a, it was a nice refreshing change to all this doom and gloom of the coronavirus to be speaking about something else. Obviously, the Vegas trip is canceled. The draft is you know not open to the public. Um, there's just a lot of uh, we're worried about our health, our kids, things like that. It was just a nice get away for a few hours to literally watch free agent frenzy and uh, thankfully we're not one of those teams that signed like one person we were very active per per the huge and um, that that's made it really fun yeah I mean leave it to the NFL you can call them tone deaf in the face of this pandemic and everything else is shutting down and they're like nope we're trudging forward who cares uh, but you're right Chris it is a nice distraction in the middle of everything else that's going on you and I were just talking off the air about all the craziness that you're up against all the craziness that I'm up against uh, but at the end of the day we've been able to text each other back and forth over the last few days about all the different moves that the Miami Dolphins have made uh, but you're right I mean I'm glad they're making moves because if you were I don't know a fan of the Houston Texans uh, I don't think you like this free agency period. If you're a fan of, I don't know, uh, freaking the Oakland Raiders who have done next to nothing, or the, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders, right, bleh, Las Vegas Raiders, they haven't done much of anything. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, not much. It's, it's, Thankfully, the Miami Dolphins, uh, you chalk it up to winning the offseason once again, but they did a ton of moves, 10 in fact, Chris, and we're going to count down uh, those 10 moves as we record right now and just give your thought, give our thoughts, your thoughts on uh, every single one of these free agent signings. Nice, man. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Well, let's just get to it. And this is in no particular order other than uh, maybe – 
the years on the contract because that's how I have this b- broken out here, Chris. So this is not uh, order of 10 to 1, 10 being the greatest or least or, or 1 being the greatest or least or anything like that. This is just me. I know we've done 10 at the time of this recording as far as I can tell. So we're just going to talk about each one of them, give our thoughts, where they fit in with the Miami Dolphins. Are they a long-term fit? Are they short-term uh, bridge to something else, et cetera, et cetera. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. So number one, well, actually number 10. Number 10. Let's call it number 10. We'll count backwards. People like countdowns when you count backwards. They, they feel like as you get to number one, the anticipation builds up. So number 10 on this list is the guy we gave the largest contract to, and that is Byron Jones, cornerback, Ooh. formerly with the Dallas Cowboys, five years, $82.5 million, 54 or 54,000, 54 million of that guaranteed, Chris. Uh, I don't know if it still stands today, but at the time of the signing, the largest contract, richest cornerback in the uh, NFL, uh, Byron Jones, pairing him with Xavier Howard and the rest of the secondary here in Miami. What are your thoughts on Byron Jones, 27 years old, coming to the Miami Dolphins? Huge signing. I love it. Uh, he's very versatile, played safety and corner in the NFL. Um, really feisty. Travis Wingfield from Miami Dolphins actually posted uh, some numbers from some of the top receivers in the NFL and their numbers against Byron Jones when he covered them, and they're just like salivating. You're looking at these, and you're like, man, these guys did nothing on this guy. So that is huge, a huge get. Uh, pairing him, like you said, with Xavier Howard, I will say um, I think he got passed earlier today by um, um, the guy that got traded to the Eagles from um, Darius the Lions. Slay, Slay yeah, yeah, just bumped him. He's number one now, and I think Byron Jones and Xavier Howard round out the top three. So both on the Miami Dolphins now. We got our new generational Patrick Sertan and Sam Madison. Um, this is going to be huge because you're about to mention a couple of more signings that we got, and they're pass rush guys, and there's nothing better. We've talked about this before than uh, having really good aggressive lockdown corners with a pass rush that really puts a quarterback in a bad situation and uh, causes uh, room for our defense to be very stellar. So I love the signing of Byron Jones. Now, what, you, know, you just mentioned something with Xavier Howard and Byron um, Jones both being in the backfield for the Miami Dolphins at the same time. Um, defensive backfield anyways two of those three uh two two of the top three paid corners or secondary folks in the nfl um what do you make of the scuttlebutt if you will that Xavier howard has wiped his social media clean of any and all miami dolphins related news and all of the other news about the miami dolphins looking to trade up either to number one to get joe burrow or to number three to secure the bag for tua and using Xavier howard as a trade ship especially when you consider that the detroit lions just traded away darius slay as you mentioned uh what do you think to the rumors of Xavier? Howard maybe being on his way out and only having Byron Jones or do you think they pair the two together and say you know what we have these two locked down like you said Sertan and Madison and let's go to war there's three options I think are here I think the first one is they just keep both uh, we have the cap space, and we just want dominant corners. The uh, Patriots have always had really good corners. It's uh, very integral to their defense. Uh, they play like right up in your face man coverage, and, and Brian Flores uh, is not going to uh, – defer from that so keeping two obviously makes sense and that way we don't need to get a corner now uh and we it, the best thing about free agency is it, uh, we have all our picks still so that that's great so if we fill a need like a cornerback with um byron jones now all of a sudden we don't need to get um you know a, a corner in the mid mid to late first round with one of our picks that frees us up to get another position now that's number one number two is uh, two and three i'll pair together is a possibility we're going to trade to number one for joe burrow as a package deal um or to number three with the lions who just got rid of slay um but obviously can get akuda there from um 
uh, Ohio State. So uh, there's three options there. We're either trading up for Burrow, trading up for Tua, or keeping them both. And honestly, all three I can see positives for because we either keep both and we have a great set of corners or we get the quarterback of our future. And uh, both are hits, in my opinion, as long as they're healthy. So uh, you don't win Super Bowls with one cornerback, but quarterbacks definitely change the game. So any one of those three options, if that's what we're planning to do, um, I'm all for it because all of them can be um, twisted around as positives. Hate to see Xavier Howard go, but if it means us getting our quarterback for the future and we have Byron Jones, a, a corner is a diamond dozen compared to a quarterback. I'd like to see Byron Jones and, and uh, Xavier Howard together. I think that'd be a lot of fun to put two islands out there and uh, force the other teams um, to pick, you know, pick their poison. What are you going to do? And, and by the way, we have Eric Rowe, who has excelled as a safety here in Miami in his short term. Um, I, I think all of a sudden the defensive backfield, uh, something that was not a bonus um, most of last year and started to come together towards the end of the year, uh, is now looking like a surplus of talent for the Miami Dolphins. So speaking of surplus of talent, they didn't end with just Byron Jones. Number nine. Uh, pairing themselves with Byron Jones as a guy they gave a four-year contract to, $51 million, uh, $30 million of that guaranteed. This is, of course, Kyle Van Noy, inside mm. linebacker out of New England. This is what we were talking about and alluded to at the beginning of the show. It is a huge exodus out of Boston, out of Massachusetts, away from Bill Belichick. Uh, Kyle Van Noy comes to the Miami Dolphins, uh, somebody who can rush the passer, passer somebody that you're going to pair with Raquan McMillan as well as Jerome Baker as linebackers. Uh, all of a sudden, you have a linebacking core that is studly across the board to go with a defensive backfield that looks studly across the board. What are your thoughts on Kyle Van Noy coming to the Miami Dolphins here in 2020? Oh, Sam, I loved this signing. I was so excited when we got him. It was later in the day, Monday, when it happened, when uh, my buddy Jason, you know him, Jason Jennings, gave me yep. a text and told me we got Van Noy. I literally screamed. Like, I was excited because many, many factors here. This is the signaling of the downfall of New England, all these guys leaving, um, Brady included, of course. Um, but so this is one guy that has really been a pain in our taint. Every game we play them, two times a year, Van Noy is just fucking dominating either Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you name the quarterback, he's got him because Van Noy just puts his hand in the ground and he'll rush around you and he just got them effort plays. Um, he's It's going to be a great addition to this defense. He's coming from a winning tradition, a winning locker room. He is a part of a huge, you mentioned Exodus, he's now also a part of a huge um gathering uh, of the Miami Dolphins, a huge change in the guard and the wind uh, where we're bringing in Brian Jones and him and all these other guys from other teams. And then we have all these draft picks and all this cap space. He is the beginning of that. We saw how these players play for Brian Flores. He is on record in, in previous interviews of even talking about Brian Flores, playing for him, how how he expects things from you, uh, how they'll butt heads sometimes, but he loves playing for him. Like, this guy knew exactly who he was coming to play for in Brian Flores and si signed on the dotted line, and it was w a day one. So this is a huge get. I think he wants to be here. I think uh, he's young enough to be a difference maker for us for a long time, and he's going to go into that locker room with Brian Flores and demand that we are no longer 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, like, we, we got to demand to be 11-12 win teams because that's all he knows and that's what he's gonna that's what he's gonna strive for well, one of the things you're going to see a theme, I think, when we're talking about all of these free agents is how they are in the locker room, how they are in terms of leadership. Another yeah. thing you're going to see is that the age of these players, they're all in yes. their 20s. We are not looking for anybody in their 30s. I think as of right now, spoiler alert, we have one player that's over the <laughs> age of 30, and that is, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's about 73 years yes. old. But other than, 
But other than that, everyone else is in their twenties. I mean, we were the That's youngest. Insane. We were the youngest team last year, and I think that trend is going to continue. The difference being, of course, now we have talent to go with this young, um, you know, young core that we identified last year. Uh, it's 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 exciting. We've only talked about two so far: Byron Jones and Kyle Van Oy. Kyle Van Oy being number nine on this list. Number eight, Chris. Number eight, taken from another. AFC East rival Shaq mm. Lawson, defensive end, 26 years old, formerly with the Buffalo Bills, three years, $30 million, 21 total guaranteed, 21 million, of course, uh, three years for the defensive end Shaq Lawson, a guy who can rush the passer, uh, somebody who you can pair up with Kyle Van Oy, uh, with those other linebackers that we already talked about, and Jerome Baker and Raquan McMillan, and of course, Taco Charlton on the other side. Um, another pass rusher that we desperately need. We were one of the worst last year in, in rushing the passer, getting any pressure on the quarterbacks from opposing teams. Uh, Shaq Lawson isn't uh, by any means, you know, Reggie White in that department, but um, he's somebody who had six and a half, seven sacks, which would have, I think, put him um, as the top sack getter for us last year if you put him on the Miami Dolphins squad. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think of Shaq Lawson getting three years, taking him away from the Buffalo Bills and adding him to the Miami Dolphins? Love it. Another guy that's off of a rival and on our team now that we don't have to worry about coming from, again, a winning culture in college at Clemson University. He also uh, played with Christian Wilkins. He is a leader in the locker room, beast of a ball player. I mean, he's a big dude, big, strong dude. Like you said, five and a half, six and a half sacks, something like that. And I don't even think he started for Buffalo. He's kind of right. a rotation, rotational guy. Um, and that's exactly something we need. There's so many times last year where it was third and 12, third and eight. And it's like, where's Cam Way? Oh, yeah, he's gone. Shit, Cam we don't have anyone to throw out there to just get us that walk-off sack that we need. And he can be that guy because we also have another guy we're going to talk about in a second with Van Noy. I mean, it's three pass rushers we added in free agency. It's not even counting the draft, which there's a lot of really good pass rushing talent in the draft this year. Um, I love the signing. His defensive line coach, I believe, was his defensive coordinator at Clemson. So he's familiar with him. He knows the type of ball player he's got in the locker room and on the field. We would not have gotten gotten him and signed him without that guy's blessing uh, i know it brian flores would not do it so um I, i'm all for the signing uh 10 million a year for a pass rusher young guy again um and getting him from a rival a plus yeah i agree with you I, I i like this pick too i think it's gonna be sneaky good people are looking at that money going wow shock shack lawson isn't worth 30 million dollars he's 26 years old he's going into his prime he seems to have started to figure this thing out i think we're getting him at the right time he's an ascending player not a descending player i think he's going to fit in really 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 well here with uh miami defensive players as well as the coaches that he's already familiar with and some of the players like christian wilkins that i think he already knows as well so uh we're going to get to that other defensive end in just a minute but i'm kind of going down the list here and i'm, and I'm sensing a theme we have five years for cornerback by Jones. We got four years for Kyle Vanoy, inside linebacker. Shaq Lawson, defensive end, gets three years. Number seven. Uh, this next guy, Clayton Fejidabalabum. Why can't we just get a Joe Johnson? Like, why do we nope. have to get Clayton Fejidabalabum? Uh, formerly with the Cincinnati Bengals, three years, uh, $8.5 million. Uh, total guarantee is only $3 million. He's a safety. He's 27 years old. Now, that might be a little bit of a misnomer because you look at that and go, well, is he going to replace Eric Rowe or anybody else in that, in that uh, defensive backfield? Possibly. He'll be in the rotation. But this guy is a special teams wizard. Yes. And uh, when you when you pair that, the fact that we took a guy who was a special teams ace and you look at one of our special teams ace in uh, Walt Aikens, who is a free agent and will probably move on, um, this makes a lot of sense. Again, you have somebody who can shore up the special teams. You have somebody who can help you in the backfield, uh, defensive backfield. And again, three years for a young defensive uh, player here. Somewhat of a long-term commitment to uh, a lot of these defensive players that we're talking about. Yeah, three quick things on him. Uh, one... The Bengal fans were really upset to see him leave. 
um, and that speaks a lot to me. This is our replacement for like Michael Thomas, uh, Walt Aikens, uh, Mike Hole, and his gigantic linebacker pads. Yep. Um, this is who this guy is. Who can also help at safety, uh, diamond nickel situations. Runs a four five forty. Um, but that's, that's, that's kind of one and two, one, two, he's cheap. I mean, 8 million for three years is nothing. It's dropping a bucket with the cap space we have in three, uh, his wife on social media and him as well are so happy to be coming to Miami, like to just follow them and her to say, I can't believe it's surreal. Like I'm going to be calling Miami home. He's like, I know I can't wait and retweeted it. It was so cool to see that and refreshing. Um, they humanized this, uh, this deal. You know what I mean? It humanized this football. We see them as Madden players and guys. We buy their jerseys, but to see their happiness, of course, leaving Cincinnati's going to help, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're going to Miami and they're excited about it. And they're happy. And this just, it just, it's a feel good signing. And I, I'm really rooting to, uh, rooting for him uh, all the best yeah I, I do think this is going to be a guy that we're going to watch on special teams and go wow I'm so glad we have him uh, not that we're going to forget about Walt Akins or Michael Thomas or any of those other guys because I still root for those guys regardless of where they right. end up or where they are now but uh, this is one of those guys that's going to be here and just a sneaky glue guy again somebody who's good in the locker room uh, ties everything together he gets three years so just to just to kind of backtrack Byron Jones number 10 five years Kyle Van Oy number nine four years Shaq Lawson number eight gets three years Clayton Fajeda gets three years to be uh, a depth player as well as a special teams ace. There's only one player here, Chris, which would be, I guess, what, number six on our list. Number six. That's on offense that got three years. And that is, of course, probably the first guy that we did sign overall. That's guard Eric Flowers, uh, 26 years old, three years, 30 million, almost 20 million of that is guaranteed. Uh, this is the only guy on offense that we signed so far, Chris, that's getting uh, more than two years. He gets three years here. Um, seems to have found his place with the Washington Redskins last year as a left guard. Um, he is a Miami guy. He, this guy went to mm-hmm. the University of Miami. He was a first-round pick, very high pick, did not do well with the New York Giants. Uh, somewhat of a reclamation project that the Redskins picked up and uh, figured out how to use him. He bounces out of Washington because Washington is trash and comes back home. He is another guy on social media, Chris, that is just ecstatic to be, in this case, back in Miami. Uh, What do you think of Eric Flowers, our new interior lineman, uh, for three years, $30 million? Yeah, I like it. He's a Miami guy. Uh, he played left tackle in the NFL, and it was, it was just too much for him. Uh, he already has failed basically at a position and picked himself back up and switched positions and found success there in Washington. I think this is a great signing. Um, not expensive at all for a, a decent to good uh, PFF graded uh, left guard. We need interior linemen. We need offensive linemen across the board. So bringing him on, a guy that's going to be motivated to play at home, um, uh, one of those diamond in a rough things that Brian Flores seemed to do last year with these guys that he brought on and you'd never even heard of them and they're making plays, um, you know, the Needham, Needhams and the Rose switching positions. Like this is the kind of guy that he's looking for in the locker room and on the field. And, uh, I like it. So left guard, maybe move Dieter to center or, or uh, right guard, uh, from Wisconsin last year. Hopefully we don't give up on that kid. Cause I think he's, he did all right. And he's, he got a bright future, but, um, we, we need linemen. And again, this frees up, um, us using a second round pick on a guard and possibly waiting until the fourth round and we get somebody else. Well, keep an eye again on this trend here. He's the only offensive player citizens of Perfectville that we gave uh, somewhat of a long-term contract to anything over two years. I consider to be long-term, especially in football. Uh, everyone else is all defensive minded. So we are investing heavily, not only in, uh, dollars and, 
and 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 uh, free agency spend, but we're investing heavily on defense when it comes to our long term commitment. And on the offensive side of the ball, we're just not seeing that, at least not yet in free agency. Eric Flowers, the only guy that we said, yeah, we, we envision you being here long term. Um, moving on, speaking of offense, I'm going to jump over one guy that you alluded to and go back to offense because um, this one kind of surprised me here, Chris. But uh, number five on the list, number five, Jordan Howard, uh, yeah. formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, 25 years old, two years, $10 million, uh, nothing guaranteed really other than uh, – you know, show up and, and, and go get the play. Uh, somewhat of a veteran. It's kind of weird to say veteran when he's 25 years old, but two years. I don't think this is the only move the Miami Dolphins are going to make at running back. I think this actually tips our hand as to where we might go in the draft. Uh, but Jordan Howard leaving Philadelphia, coming to Miami, being a part of the Miami Dolphins backfield. What say you? He already split time in Philly, um, and I think he's definitely uh, anticipating doing that with us. Um, I, I think he's a bru- bruiser back with some good feet, um, not the best catcher out of the backfield, um, but he comes cheap. He's a vet, like you said, and I, I from everything I read online, we, we went after and had a discussion with Melvin Gordon, and he was just absolutely asking for too much. Right. And we said, fine, absolutely, uh, good luck <laughs> uh, competing with Todd Gurley now for uh, a roster space because we're going to just sign Jordan Howard. And we signed him, and I think uh, this lends to us getting someone like a Swift from Georgia or a Dobbins from Ohio State, a quick, shifty guy out of the backfield that can catch the ball uh, and pair the two together because that's just – fire and ice right there um and, and i'm pretty excited about it uh cheap like you said nothing guaranteed if uh, we get a couple of, r- of rookies that come in and just dominate we lose nothing uh letting him go so it, it's definitely a, a name and when he was healthy had a really good um you know ypc so um it's definitely a guy that we want to bring in and we have to get a line in front of him of course or none of these guys are gonna have success but um happy to have him it was a surprise to be sure yeah, it was something that kind of – I first went, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting that. But, again, he, he's kind of coming at somewhat of a discount at only $10 million over two years. Running back, the running back market right now is just so depressed. I think he's so happy just to have an actual contract right. uh, and have guaranteed work, at least somewhat guaranteed work over the next couple of years versus some of these guys like Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon who are out there just trying to get paid along with a guy named J- – Davian Clowney, which everyone is just saying, no thanks. Um, the, the market just isn't there. So him signing right away might have been a strategic, shrewd move on Jordan Howard's part to uh, get out in front of Melvin Gordon and um, Todd Gurley and uh, secure the bag, if you will. Speaking of securing the bag, the Miami Dolphins secured the bag on defensive end Emmanuel Agba out of the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Number four. Two years, $15 million, seven and a half of that guaranteed right away. Uh, Another defensive end, another guy that we can uh, put on the other side of the ball, in this case defense, and rush the passer to go with Shaq Lawson, Kyle Van Oy, and others. Uh, What are your thoughts on Emmanuel Agba coming to the Miami Dolphins? Anytime you sign a guy whose nickname is the Nigerian Nightmare, right? That's six four two seventy five. You get excited for. So he, um, other than last year, which he he did have an injury there in Kansas City after leaving Cleveland, he um, only came in and played like uh, like ten games, I think, for Kansas City last year. He only started four. They had a monster defensive line though there in Kansas City, hence the uh, Super Bowl. But uh, he tore his pec, but I think he had six and a half sacks, something like five. And half sacks uh last year that's around his his average he's before uh this in cleveland his rookie season 16 games 16 starts he had uh five and a half sacks 53 tackles 16 qb hits um other than that 
you're looking at the next season, 10 games, uh, four sacks, 14 games, three sacks, and then only 10 games, four starts, five and a half sacks. That's pretty um, productive for only four starts because obviously with us being a Miami Dolphins podcast, I don't watch a lot of Chiefs games except the playoffs and Super Bowl, so I could be way off base here where maybe he didn't start and he played the whole game. But if you're getting five and a half sacks and you're only starting four times, it sounds like you're kind of rotational, and when you get in there, you just make things happen. So you pair this guy with Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, um, already with Baker and McMillan, and then like two bookend corners at the end with the possibility to draft a, a really good stud uh, rookie safety like Del Pitt from LSU if he's there, their 18th pick. Uh, we are literally staring at a possibility of a huge swing, Sam, of a defense that just couldn't st- get off the field to being our actual strong suit. It's unbelievable. It, and, and and there's a lot of invested across all three le- layers of the defense there. I mean, we haven't even talked about all of them yet, but we have people on, de- on the defensive line. We have people in the linebacking core, and we have people in the secondary here that we're investing a lot of years, a lot of money, and a lot of time and resources into. So, again, just keep that – Keep that in your back pocket, citizens of Perfectville. Just to start thinking ahead as to uh, when we when we make our way through free agency and we recap this entire list. Um, start thinking ahead to the NFL draft and where we might start seeing um, the draft shape before our very eyes. Here, this is the most in, you know enticing part of all of this is reviewing the free agents, Chris, because then we get to look at okay, where does this logically take us next? Uh, logically taking us next actually is going to be on the uh, same side of the ball, number three. Uh, in this case, a defensive player, one-year contract, Camus Grugier-Hill. I know I butchered his name because these names are – I'm just going to call him Cam Hill. Why not? Uh, that's way <laughs> easier, and I just, I, it just it just makes my eyes nuts to see all those letters together with hyphens and everything else. One-year contract. We're down to the one-year guys. One-year contract, $3 million total. Uh, $2 million of that is, uh, of course, guaranteed. He's not going anywhere. He's going to get all $3 million of that since it's on a one-year basis. But, again, very similar to uh, Clayton Fajadabalabalam is that Cam Hill is – uh, not only a defensive player, but he's a really good special teams player. And he's a really good guy in terms of a locker room talent. So again, you have the locker room leader aspect. You have the special teams and um, uh, diversity in terms of a player aspect. This seems like a typical, prototypical Brian Flores pick, does it not? Absolutely. Depth at the outs- at the linebacker spot. Special teams player. Again, coming from... Um, uh, a franchise where success has been the norm in the Philadelphia Eagles. He's won a Super Bowl. He's played in five playoff games. Um, he's a guy that's going to come in here and give you 30, 40 tackles maybe. Play. He's he's refilling Mike Hole basically is yep. what he's doing. Um, 230 outside linebacker from Hawaii. Uh, so that's pretty freaking cool. I just love like random tidbits like that. So anytime you add a guy like that in free agency and it's just a random tidbit, you get me excited. A two-time Hall of Fame doctor loves it. Dr. Love, is that, did you just throw Dr. Loves It? Is that, is that your now doctor name? You're no longer Chris Cullen, you're Dr. Loves It? <laughs> no, please don't call me that. <laughs> All right, well, Dr. Loves It loves the uh, Cam Hill pick here. So do I. I think, uh, again, I think this is a guy, he's on a one-year prove-it deal. Who knows if he's here long-term or not. Doesn't Definitely didn't sign long-term. Uh, that doesn't mean he won't re-up later. Um, but uh, at the beginning of this podcast, Chris, we alluded to the fact that these are the Miami Patriots, and so far, we've only really talked about one, and that is Kyle Van Oy. Uh, let's just get these ones out of the way we're going back to the other side of the ball um number two ted Karras. ted Karras. ted Karras. i don't even know how to pronounce his last name i know that uh he's like a third generation nfl football player he was a center last year for the patriots he signed a one-year four million dollar contract 
to come to Miami to play for Brian Flores, to play against his former team. Now, this is a guy who was offered more years and more money elsewhere, uh, mm. actually to stay with the Patriots and decided, no, I'm going to go to Miami and I'm going to prove this on a one-year deal and go get paid next year. I'm going to bet on myself. I love that aspect of his story right there just because of that. But what do you think of Ted Karras being our new center replacing uh, Daniel Kilgore, who we are uh, walking away from? Yeah, statistically speaking, uh, he's slightly better than Kilgore, so we're not going to really lose much there. Uh, possibly uh, get a little bit more production, which is fine. That's all you can ask for. Uh, one-year deal screams to me that we might get a rookie to kind of play behind mm-hmm. him. Um, but it's also somebody that's coming again from another franchise that's uh, used to success, that's familiar with Brian Flores. And it, the fact that he – like what world is it? It's, it's a twilight zone. 2020 has just been insane um, when a guy's – going to take uh, less money to leave New England and go to Miami but uh, I think the writing's on the wall for those guys kind of looks like a rebuild slash you know they're back in the average or normal when it comes to uh, their roster so he came to us and I like it yeah yeah and uh, again it, what world are we living in when somebody is choosing less money less years to come to the Miami Dolphins versus the New England Patriots uh, but that's where we are here in 2020 there is a changing of the guard and I believe the AFC East is now wide open especially as you alluded to Tom Brady has now left not only the New England Patriots but the AFC East altogether uh, this is going to be a wild ride here in 2020 assuming of course we get to play games and we're not all just uh, stuck in our homes forever um, but speaking of the New England Patriots Speaking of the Miami Dolphins, speaking of offensive and defensive players defecting and coming to South Beach, this next guy, I, I, I think, Chris, I think he's an outside linebacker. Um, but the last time I saw him and the last time uh, the Miami Dolphins fans saw him, the Dolphins and the citizens of Perfectville, he was catching a pass from Tom Brady and scoring a touchdown against these Miami Dolphins. Number one. Of course, I'm talking about Alandon Roberts, 26 years old. I think he was like a fifth or sixth round draft pick by those New England Patriots. He catches passes out of the backfield. He tackles people out of the backfield. Uh, he's an offensive, defensive, special team guy. Uh, I like the fact that he's with Miami just because I think after that bullshit uh, touchdown where nobody could tackle this guy last year, it was like, all right, just go get him and put him on the sidelines if nothing else. I never want to see this guy catch a touchdown pass against the Miami Dolphins or anybody else ever again. Uh, I'm glad he's on our side. What do you think of a Landon Roberts coming to Miami from New England? Everything I've read about him is that he's very versatile, uh, obviously. He plays fullback and linebacker. Uh, He's been very adamant and clear that he is a linebacker first. He'll do whatever the team asks, but he is a hard-hitting linebacker. That's that's where he comes from. He comes from the University of Houston. Um, I got that one touchdown pass. He's he's not even 26 yet. Young guy. Uh, Obviously, the depth in New England was pretty deep, so he's going to get a little bit more playing time for us. He was more of a run, uh, run run-specific package linebacker last year for the Patriots uh, with about 30 tackles and a sack. Uh, as well as uh, opening holes at fullback. So a versatile guy that comes from, again, a great locker room and a great uh, franchise that's used to winning. I think everybody can see the writing on the wall here, what Brian Flores is trying to do, bring in guys that were maybe mid-level, mid- to high-level players on these really good teams and say, hey, why don't you come here where we're 5-11 and show your stuff? 
and get us to to the promised land and you be a part of that. And I think that's why you guys are buying in and it's totally been um, a whirlwind and a very positive outlook as far as what we're looking at. I mean, we're looking at Van Noy and Byron Jones, obviously were standouts for their teams, but you look at Eric Flowers that were, um, you know, that failed at first and had to switch positions. You're looking at Shaq Lawson that didn't even start for the Bills. He's going to a divisional rival now. Uh, Agba that did not start but four games and had an injury, coming off an injury. Karras, uh, the center, was only forced into to be the starting center for the Patriots because the starter had blood clots in his lungs. You're looking at Clayton Fajitalum, and he's uh, you know excited to be here because he's leaving Cincinnati. And honestly, Cincinnati Bengals have the number one pick. We have the number five, and we're battling and went to overtime with that team. But I think if you look at everything with our draft picks and the cap space, they're even saying Burrow would be better off in Miami than Cincinnati. There's just not a good outlook there, even with the number one overall pick. He's going to a better situation. Jordan Howard's coming here. These guys all were either splitting time or coming off of injuries, but with good teams. You're talking Kansas City, Philadelphia, the New England. And they're coming here to us, and I think it's exciting free agency, and we still have all our draft picks, uh, still have cap space available after signing all of these guys. So we're not done. It's not over, and uh, we're really looking at a huge turnaround here, I think, in 2020. Yeah, I really are. I mean, those are the those are the top ten draft or uh, draft picks. Those are the top ten free agents that the Miami Dolphins have uh, signed so far this year. Again, number ten, Byron Jones. Number nine, Kyle Van Noy. Number uh, eight, Shaq Lawson. Number seven, Eric Flowers. Number eight. Wait, no, number six, Leighton <laughs> Fagellum. Uh, number uh, five, Jordan Howard. Number four, Emmanuel Agba. Uh, number three, Ted Karras. Uh, number two, Cam Hill. Number one, Landon Roberts. Again, not an order of importance or anything like that, just uh, really the number of years and the investment. So looking at this, Chris, we spent heavily on defense, number one. Uh, that's what I take away. That's my main takeaway here is that number – well, let me back up. My main takeaway is that – the narrative that people would not sign with Miami because of what happened last year is completely false. It's false. completely bullshit. I'm pretty confident the Miami Dolphins had a lot of these guys targeted as their number one or number two choice, and they went out and got them. So that's so that's number one. The narrative that was put out there last year by the sports media is completely false and wrong. Uh, number two. Uh, we've invested heavily in terms of years and dollars on defense. That tells me that come draft time, we're probably going to be filling in the holes that we have on offense, uh, namely running back, quarterback, and offensive line. I do not expect us to exclusively be offense, but don't don't expect us to go defense super, super high, barring some sort of crazy trade that leaves somebody like Isaiah Simmons or somebody just out there for us to go get. Um, that's number two. And number three, None of the Miami Dolphins players that we have let go or that were free agents have been signed by any other team, as far as I can tell, uh, which tells you the amount of talent that was <laughs> lacking last year, uh, yet we still won five games. So I think that tells me that we have a really good coaching staff, a pretty good GM in Chris Greer, and I think the infrastructure is there for the Miami Dolphins to potentially have success, sustained success for a very long time. Uh, what are your takeaways from the, uh, from the free agency period so far? So far, so good. Uh, made some splash moves. Got some uh, veteran guys that can help. But uh, you named it earlier, and that was one of my key takeaways in my notes. Uh, 28 and under, like the age for these guys, are all coming in here. Young guys. We're building a foundation. It finally feels like we're doing it right, Sam. And I don't want to get too excited. Winning the offseason is never uh, – not always the good best thing, but uh, uh, it feels good for us. We had the money. We had to spend it. Now we have the draft picks, and uh, things are looking up. 
Now they are looking up, and when you're in last place, the only place you can look is up. And finally, it looks like the Miami Dolphins are looking up versus saying, grab a shovel, shovel and, and dig further down. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Now, a couple things we do need to clean up. Rashad Jones was let go, as we expected them to be, right? We said we're going to yeah. have to make some hard decisions. Rashad Jones was uh, let go. Hopefully he lands somewhere else on his feet. I'm sure he will. He's 32 years old. He's a little bit injury-prone, injury, injury prone, but uh, he's got a le- enough left in that tank that he can go elsewhere. Goodbye from Perfectville to Rashad Jones. As somebody else pointed out on Twitter here, Chris, I think Byron Jones uh, would do everyone a great service if he just took the number that Rashad Jones is abandoning with number 20. Just keep everything the same, and we can keep using that jersey from here on forward for everybody that has Rashad Jones uh, jersey there. Daniel Kilgore, our center, who really you know was a leader last year, I thought. He's the one who one of the guys that came out and said, if you don't like what's, what's happening here in Miami, then go. We don't want you here. And he was alluding to certain players, Mika Fitzpatrick and others, uh, who were bitching in the locker room about what the Miami Dolphins were, were, were planning and doing last year. Um, he, he's gone too. So he, he's never going to be a Miami Dolphin in terms of ring of honor or anything like that. But I, I really appreciated what he did in the time that he was yeah. here. And uh, I hope he lands on his feet somewhere else as well. Walt Aikens looks like he will probably be moving on. Walt Aikens has been at the Miami Dolphins a sneaky long time. Free safety by trade, but really a special teams ace. He's going to be just fine. That guy, I'm, I'm assuming, will land uh, with and another I met team his too mom long. at a fan event for the Panthers Dolphins Monday Night Football game, and she was an absolute doll. She was the nicest lady in the world. Her and Kenyon Drake's mom were hanging out in line with us, chatting with the fans, super proud of their kids, and it was actually, honestly, one of the coolest experiences. It was really sweet. Oh, I did not know that. That's uh, that's pretty cool to hear. And. Uh... And no, so, uh, you know, Walt Aiken. Oh, you know what? I think I did know that. I think you did tell me you met Walt, a- Walt Aiken's mom there. Um, quick He's question for you here, here, I think. Okay, so I- I've got a question for you. Of these 10 that we just went through, when this is all said and over and all these guys are retired, so maybe 5, 10, 15 years down the road, which one of these guys is going to be the guy that the Miami Dolphins say, now that is a Miami Dolphins player? Now that is Oof. the guy that uh, we look back on and say, yeah, he, he he worked with other teams, he played for other teams, but he is a Miami Dolphin through and through. Which of those 10 is the guy that's going to have that or closest to that of this group? I'm going to go on a limb and say Shaq Lawson. Okay, Shaq Lawson, 26 years old. Uh, that's a good one, though, because if he if he goes into his prime and he just starts murdering quarterbacks mm-hmm. here over the next three or four years, he's going to sign again before the age of 30, cash in big time, and then be here for the extended amount of time. I like that pick. That's a really good pick. Uh, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Eric Flowers, Ooh, and here's why: yeah. he's already a Miami guy, and if he can actually do the impossible and shore up the interior line for the Miami Dolphins for any sort of time. Um, he's going to be almost a god for the Miami Dolphins yeah. out there. So I know Byron Jones and Kyle Van Oy are the sexy picks there. I think Kyle Van Oy could possibly do that too, but he's 29. He spent a lot of time with the New England Patriots. He's got exactly. a lot of rings with them. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to erase that first half of his career, but I think Eric Flowers is a guy who um, is from Miami, wants to be in Miami, seems like he finally turned it around. Uh, I like that. Shaq Lawson, Eric Flowers, I think those are great picks to be Miami Dolphins guys long term. Now, the other side of that coin, Chris, which one of these 10 is a guy that's going to be forgettable? Somebody that we just look at and go, yeah, he was here, he sucked, or he just wasn't the guy, um, you know, wish him well, but he can move on. Is there anybody on this list that you look at and just go, I just don't see it? I'll just say based on the contract, uh, uh, either Karras, the center, because of one year, or even Jordan Howard. He might get beat out, and like Arian Foster with us, kind of get beat out in camp and never to be heard of again. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on those two. I was actually leading towards Karras. I just think he's a guy that uh, he wants to come here, prove it, and if he does, he'll get signed very similar to what Eric Rowe did. Uh, but I could also see him just kind of being a guy that goes from center to guard to maybe being the sixth guy in a five-man rotation. Um, I don't think he's going to be a guy that we look back at 10 years from now and go, wow, I'm really glad we have him. So interesting. Uh, we're, we're on the same page here. Jordan Howard, Ted Karras, probably stop gaps. Uh, people like Shaq Lawson, Eric Flowers could potentially have a ceiling where they are uh, known forever as Miami Dolphins players for the for the for the near mid and long term, uh, wow, Chris, and, uh, we haven't even touched on any of the other teams and what other the other teams are doing. Uh, before we leave, is there anything you want to talk about with regards to Tom Brady, uh, what the Houston Texans are doing, or anything else? Uh, anything else that you want to talk about before we bounce out of here? Bill Br- Bill O'Brien sucks, and Tom Brady's gone, bitches. Yeah, there should be uh, <laughs> bottles of champagne pop, and they should be if we were allowed to uh, have parades in the streets. Tom Brady is out of the AFC East, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to repeat that. Tom Brady wow. is out of the AFC East. It's been 20 years. He's 45 years old. Granted, you probably want him to be the quarterback for the Patriots now. <laughs> but here's the thing. It seems like, it to me, it seems to me that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady had a falling out. Yes, I mean, I don't course. have any intel on this, but it looks like those two guys are no longer uh, bunk mates. They're no longer married. They're no longer sleeping with each other. Um, they have moved on. It seems like Brady made the decision. He went to Robert Kraft himself and said, I'm out. And Robert Kraft, being who he is, seems to be a pretty good owner, even if he does go to a rub and tug every now and then, um, <laughs> said, okay, let's, you know, that that's your decision. You can move on. How do you think Tom Brady's going to fare with the Buccaneers? With the weapons he has and the possibility of the rumor I heard Antonio Brown's joining him with and Mike possibly Evans. Todd Gurley. Yeah. I mean, wow. And Mike Evans and Godwin. Like, Jesus, Christ, man, he can actually be in a warm weather. Although that they, if you look at their schedule for 2020 in the AFC South uh, or NFC South, I should say, uh, they have a gauntlet of a schedule. I mean, they play the Chiefs, the Packers, the Saints twice, the Panthers twice, the Falcons twice. Like, I mean, he's going from just absolutely kicking the shit in of a bunch of fucking infants and the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins, and joining a fucking <laughs> gauntlet of the NFC schedule. It's gonna be unreal. It is, but you know what's weird, Chris? Over the last couple of uh, episodes here of Perfectville, we've talked about how we can make the Miami Dolphins great again, and part of that was rebuilding the offensive and defensive line. I think those are two priorities that we've addressed in free agency and will address in the draft. One of the other things that we talked about on the last episode is if we want to see Tom Brady leave, we want to see him go to the NFC, and we, he's done exactly that. It's almost like the Miami Dolphins are listening to this podcast and just using these ideas for their own. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if you or I should actually be in charge of this team but so far they seem to be doing everything that we want them to do um, and the AFC East folks seem to be doing everything we want them to do as well so Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I think he'll have success I think it's going to be very similar to his his idol Joe Montana who went to the Chiefs and actually went all the way to the AFC championship game if I'm not mistaken uh, at one point so I think he'll have some success there he is Tom Brady he's got a lot of weapons there but ultimately I don't think he wins another ring in Tampa Bay yeah I doubt it um, but why put it past them the funny thing is to me i mentioned it in i think the last show of the show prior this is gonna be interesting with Billichek, what they look to do like i feel like he's gonna either make a move in the draft to get a, a love or a herbert uh even if that means trading up because if he has a lack of success for example and brady goes on and wins 11 12 games again 
all those questions start arising. Like, was it Brady yeah. carrying you? Is it not the system? What is it? And again, I said it before, it's not going to really change his legacy. Bill, Billichick's going to be known as the, if one, not one of the greatest coach of all time um, by everyone nationally. So it's just going to be interesting to see. It's going to be weird to see him in a different uniform. It's going to be weird to see a different quarterback, not due to injury, play for the Patriots. And uh, one name I'll throw out there because I live here. Sam, could you imagine Cam Newton in New England? I hmm I don't think it'll happen. <laughs> There's something about Boston and uh Cam Newton that just <laughs> I I'm not going to put my finger on it, but I'm going to hmm. put my finger put it this way. I think Cam Newton is better off in North Carolina really, than he South? is Massachusetts. <laughs> yes. Uh I don't think Cam Newton uh is going to is going to go to New England. I could be wrong. Stranger things have happened, but uh, I I I am curious as to where they're going to go. Um if they're smart and I think they are, uh they're going to start the rebuild process. Um they're going to go probably go get themselves a veteran to uh to plop in there for a year or two. But at the end of the day, um, you know, wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't like it because we like him. But uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, and New York Jets. What if they called us up and said, hey, we're going to throw you, I don't know, a fourth-round draft pick or a third-round draft pick, and you give us Ryan Fitzpatrick in the one year that he's got left, and he's going to be our bridge, and then we're going to go out and get a Jordan Love. What if they took our plan and they used <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick as their bridge to whoever their next starting quarterback is going to be? What would it take for you to part with Ryan Fitzpatrick Patrick to go to the New England Patriots and finish out his uh, last year contract and complete uh, the the quadfecta of starting for every AFC East team. If Bill Belichick is calling me to get a player on my roster, there's not enough he can give up to get him because really? he no because that means and obviously within realism he's not going to give us a first round pick, but it's like if he thinks a fourth round pick is worth a give up to get him then keep him because obviously he sees something that we should see too. And it's that he can be that bridge to help us win games. And that's all Ryan Fitzpatrick can do for us. I mean, we already have a plethora. Uh, if I go back to the three amigos, a plethora of draft picks, we don't need a fourth to get rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick and let him kick our shit in twice a year. Um, no, I, I mean, yeah, we now here's an industry. I'll flip this to you. Cause I know it's funny. Like he him going all four teams or whatever. What if they called you about Josh Rosen? I think Josh Rosen, uh, fourth rounder, third rounder, second rounder, which would never happen, and of course the first rounder, which will never happen. Uh, and I'm listening. I am because I don't see. I just don't see the the way out for Josh Rosen here. I do think we're going to use a high draft pick on a quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick, for all intents and purposes, is going to be here. It wouldn't surprise me if we used two draft picks on quarterbacks or signed another veteran off the street somewhere to pair them with Ryan Fitzpatrick and this rookie. If it's going to be Tua or somebody else, I mean, let's let's face it. If we draft Tua, it's not to start week. No. It's probably to sit on the bench, learn, and then you know come in when he's ready. I don't see Josh Rosen being that guy who's going to come in for the Miami Dolphins and and steal that starting quarterback spot away at this point. If that was going to be the case, he would have continued to be the starter after that Cowboys game last year, and it didn't happen. So if anybody's calling about Josh Rosen and it's going to be a fourth rounder or better, I'm probably listening, including the New England Patriots. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen either. I think uh, it's going to be... 
probably a little bit of a tough road for the New England Patriots moving forward. I don't think Bill Belichick's going to be there too much longer either. I think he might do one or two years of this and say, ah, fuck this, I'm out as well. Um, and then we're going to go back to the natural order of things, which is the Miami Dolphins dominating the AFC East, the New England Patriots just floating around being whoever the fuck they are, and the Bills and Jets continuing to step all over their own dicks and fight over <laughs> who, you know, what's better, green or red. Uh, speaking of the Bills, Chris, before I move on, or well, actually moving on, what do you think is Stephon Diggs going to the Buffalo Bills and uh, joining uh, that offense that went uh, what eleven and five last year? Yeah, um, he, he's going to be really pissed off when Josh Allen continues overthrowing him. So, uh, I yeah. mean, honestly, it look it reminds me a lot of the Mike Wallace of the Dolphins situation. Um, if Josh Allen can make the throws, which we obviously know he has the arm, does he have the accuracy? There's a vo- video floating around Twitter um, mocking that pretty much. And Diggs has seemed like quite the diva um, when he's not getting his way, or when Adam Thielen is getting the majority of the passes, or Kirk Cousins just isn't throwing the ball to him. All of a sudden, he's on the side. Line. Literally, he got in an argument with a corner during the playoffs, I think. Um, when I was watching the game, they're literally yelling at each other and almost got physical. So uh, you can have him. Trade to your first-round pick. He's a great receiver when he's when he's focusing and he's concentrating. So that's going to definitely help Buffalo. Um, but now we have Byron Jones and Xavier uh, Howard. So come get some bitch. Yeah, he's coming into a uh, into a just a, a foxhole here with a lot of very very good cornerbacks across all three opponents here. Uh, so the Bills, that's their big splash. Uh, Tom Brady leaving the Patriots is kind of their big splash. The Miami Dolphins being uh, buyers in this market is the big splash. The New York Jets uh, continue to just be there. I don't know what the New York Jets have really done. I know they've signed a couple of players, but uh, nobody seems to be terribly excited about the New York Jets uh, or their propositions one way or the other. If I can tell tell you this, because this is real time stuff. Here, obviously, when this is released, it won't be. Uh, 47 seconds ago, Adam Schefter just tweeted: When the Rams were shopping running back Todd Gurley in recent weeks, the two uh, teams that showed the most interest were the Atlanta Falcons and the Miami Dolphins. Now, I did see that. I did. Uh, I did see that uh, tweet. But I am uh, curious if Todd Gurley is somebody that we're now going to spend money on because we did have Jordan Howard. Um, that would be interesting, though. Todd Gurley, Jordan Howard, and you still have all your draft picks to go out and go get yourself a young guy uh, to pair with those. I mean, if you can get those uh, those three guys to buy in and say, hey, we're going to be a three-headed monster, that would be a lot of fun, too. But uh, I don't know. I just I, – I don't know. I, uh, it would I have think to be we're going to go out. It would have incentive-laden uh, um, for me. I, I would need a lot of incentive uh, in his contract, not a lot of guarantees. Um, and then, obviously, drafts a rookie as well and let those three kind of battle it out and keep the best two because you're not going to keep Jordan Howard a rookie and Gurley. But I will preface with we were looking before signing to Jordan Howard. He's cheaper. Um, the running back class is very deep in this draft. Uh, Swift, Dobbins, um, these uh, the um, Taylor from uh, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Those three all look to be available at our 18th and possibly our, 20, our pick in our 20s. In their in their rookie contracts, so if Todd Gurley's asking for a lot, I pass. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, well, that's what you got going. The Buffalo Bills spent a uh, crap ton of draft capital to go get Stephon Diggs, so he could not catch the ball from uh, Josh <laughs> Allen. Uh, the New England the New England Patriots have lost Tom Brady and the rest of the uh, 
the the squad goes to Miami, and the New York Jets continue to just stare at Adam Gase going, are you going to do anything, or are you just going to alienate us all? What are you going to do? And that is the state of the AFC East. Uh, Chris, this is uh, fantastic. we got 10 new players, 10 new toys in the toy box for us to play with, and uh, pretty soon we'll start looking at not only what the free agents we've got, but uh, the draft picks that we have, and we can start shaping this roster and really understanding uh, how we're going to win the Super Bowl here in 2020-2021 for the Miami Dolphins. Anything else you want to say before we get out? Uh, I was correct. Walt Aikens is from Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, there you go. The doctor is never wrong. He always makes the prescriptions correct and for the right dosage. And on behalf of the two-time Hall of Fame, Dr. Loves It, uh, as well as the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Big Heads Media podcast network, goodbye from Burfordville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.